0: Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. My name is Tracy Irwin, and I have been married 30 years. Yeah, 3-0. How many of you have been married 30-plus years? Raise your hand. I want to see my comrades. Yes. Okay. So those of you that haven't, I'm going to share a little secret about how to stay married for 30 years. Would you like to know? Yeah. Uh, My husband and I, who's in the Children's Equipping Center, we drive separate cars to church. (laughs) That's actually one way that we stay married. Uh, Another way is, um, and you can repeat after me, say, yes, dear. Okay, that's a very valuable tool in marriage. So, yeah, all kidding aside, uh, today I'm going to talk with you guys about how heaven sees how heaven always sees us greater than we see ourselves. Isn't that true? Heaven always sees us greater than ourselves. And my question to you today is: When you see yourself, what do you see? And um, way back in 1987, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, I was a young adult. Uh, with no future. And I did not know Jesus. I've never heard of his name. I was 22 years old and had never heard the gospel. Yes. And um, why am I mentioning this? Well, on this very property that we are sitting on is where I met God. Yes. Before there were warehouses here, there was houses. And I lived right over there by the retention pond that's currently there. And so this is where my husband and I began our journey, on this very property. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) So, yeah. So this is where an unveiling happened in my life. And on this very property is where God began to reveal to me, uh, you're going to do big things, is what he told me. So... Guys, I just want to fill you in where I was at. <laughs> I was still on drugs, okay? And as a matter of fact, I was at a point where I wanted to end my life. And so this was <laughs> way before I knew anything. So fast forward 2019, we're praying for a building. Caleb has a dream. He doesn't know that I lived here. Um, and in this dream, he was taken to a warehouse Type of building by a realtor where he could see Top Golf, so he kind of knew the location. And he, when he walked in in the dream, when he walked into the warehouse, he saw me sitting in the middle of the floor, and asked me, "What was I doing there?" And I said, "I've already blessed it." <laughs> yeah, uh, mind you, yeah, he just he had no idea I lived here. So when we all showed up here at the warehouse as a team to look at the warehouse. Um, there I am, standing on the ground where my husband and I used to hunt rabbits. Yes, there were rabbits out here in the field. And we used to ride dirt bikes out here. There was a dirt bike track. So that was here. Isn't that, isn't that wild? All through a dream, God led us here. Now here we are. Now you guys are here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can clap for that. Through a dream. Come on. Kimberly gave a word. She said, this will be a house of dreams. This is, this is a house of dreams where dreams are going to be realized here. So that's just beautiful. So, yeah, heaven sees you greater than you see yourself. Uh, I could not even imagine myself living, let alone doing anything. Um, so it's just an incre- incredible testimony as to uh, when we say yes, the things that can happen in our lives and the assignments that God gives us and the friendship that we get to partner with God, with the things that he calls us to. So what we're going to do right now, um, we're going to just go to the Bible. We're going to look at some stories in the Bible of how heaven sees us greater than we see ourselves. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's is amazing. Um, and here's what we know about Paul. And, and this is his own words, um, some of these it's in Philippians 4. We're not, I don't have that scripture, but I just want to give you the backdrop. So here is what we know. Paul, formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, he was a tent maker. The Jew of Jews, by his own account, an expert in the law. He was a devout Pharisee. Um, Philippians 4, he said, Concerning the righteousness of Torah, no one surpassed me. In other words, there was no one that could school him. He knew he was the Jew of Jews. No one surpassed him, and he said, I was without peer. These are his own words. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. Um, So he agreed to participate in Stephen's stoning. He was a part of the great persecution going on from house to house, arresting men and women and dragging them off to prison. So that's who he was. So Saul encounters Jesus. This encounter is so profound um, that it actually occurred before he even heard his voice. Because even before he heard his voice, he heard a sound. He heard a sound, and he fell to the ground. He heard a sound, the sound of heaven released on earth. Come on. The sound of heaven released on earth shook him to the core, and down to the ground he went That's in Acts 9. Yeah, so we're going to go to Acts 9. He hears a a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know what amazes me about that? He didn't didn't say accusations to Saul. He didn't say, you loser, what are you doing murdering these people? He didn't accuse him. There was no accusing voice right? There's no condemnation in Christ. He didn't condemn, condemn Saul. He asked Saul a question. Saul, why are you persecuting me? That was it. Um, so Saul, a murderer of Christians, hears the voice of God and is invited to have access to his heart, his mind for himself. Most of us know the story. He was told to go to Damascus to wait for instructions. Um, in the meantime, God speaks to a prophet, Ananias. He calls out to Ananias, Ananias! And Ananias answers, Yes, Lord. Come. Um... Sorry. I'm not used to talking with notes on this awesome iPad that Kimberly Woods let me use, so I didn't have to use my tiny little phone. <laughs> yeah, so. He gives Ananias instructions, and then this is what really struck me. The Lord begins to prophesy over Saul who he will become, okay? So just come with me on this story for a minute. Let's just enter into Saul's world for a minute. We just read who Saul was. We just saw a picture of what he was doing, the activities that he was involved with. And now here here is the Lord saying... In Acts nine thirteen through 16, this is the Passion Translation. Arise and go, I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, and before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am, and I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. Come on. This is, this is Saul. This is how heaven sees Saul. What do you see? What do you see? This is powerful. God puts passion in Paul. He puts that passion. He says right here, I'm going to show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. Whew. Powerful stuff. So before he was Paul, before he was was Saul, now he's Paul who writes Romans, who writes the finished work of Christ, and writes 13 books of the Bible. Saul the murderer. Come on. Caleb gave a word not too long ago where it says God draws all men to him, and we're about ready to encounter the all. How are we going to see the all? What are we going to see? Saul was the all <laughs> that God draw drew to himself. We're going to read, um, out of Judges six eleven. This is, um, ESV. Here's, here's another one. <laughs> I love this story. Uh, an angel of the Lord came and sat under the Teberanth at Ophrah or Oprah. That's the way I read it. Oprah. <laughs> Oprah's in the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, which belongs to Joash, the Abizorite. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these words, uh, while his son Gideon was beating out the wheat and the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Wow. Yeah. He's hiding. <laughs> He's hiding. <laughs> hey, mighty man of valor over there. Come on. <laughs> and Gideon says, Please, my Lord. He's talking to the angel. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? So we have Gideon here. He's looking at the circumstances and he's surveying the circumstances and discounts what this angel is saying to him. How many of us discount what the Lord is saying to us because we're looking at our circumstances and we cannot possibly even see or imagine it? This is what Gideon did. He even says in verse 13, the Lord has forsaken us. This is how he feels. Some of us feel like that. We feel like, God, where are you? Where are you? Now, God, (laughs) I love this. Now, God gets involved in the conversation. He's like, "Mm, we need some father-son conversation here. So (laughs) the Lord turns to him and said, go in the might of, of ours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? Like, this is God's response to Gideon saying, the Lord has forsaken us. <laughs> oh, who says following the Lord is not a wild adventure? Okay, so he says, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Um, so what is Gideon seeing right now? What is he seeing? Okay, i got to move quickly. Behold, my clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Can you imagine hearing that? Can you just put yourself in Gideon's shoes for a minute and imagine God's telling you you're going to strike a whole army just yourself? Right? Oh my goodness! I'd be like, "What? Are you what? <laughs> yeah, me?" <laughs> so yeah, just think about that for a minute. God tells them that He's going to strike them down as one man. So I'd be thinking, "God, you're crazy." <laughs> so here's here's Gideon's reply. If so, now he's like, "Okay, this is real. <laughs> this is really happening." Okay, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign. This is, this is good. I'm like, yeah, Gideon, ask him for a sign. That would be good. (laughs) Um, How many of you need a sign? I do. I need lots of them. Yeah, give me another one. Okay, so he's, give me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Um, Yeah, I would totally need that. So. He was speaking to an angel for a minute before, so I'm not sure like if that should have been the sign for him, like that you're talking to an angel. <laughs> I know for me, like that might be it. So, yeah, heaven... Um, yeah, you can go and read the rest for yourself as to what happens. This story about Gideon is so classic, and I really encourage you to read this on your own time. But again, heaven sees you greater than you see yourself. What do you see? What do you see? Um, so for me, um, I heard Tracy, you're going to do big things. What did I see? Yeah. So I'm going to show. You, I'm going to tell you what I saw. It's going to be good because I saw all of you. I was in Vacaville at a training at a school, and I saw all of you. I had a vision. The Lord gave me a vision, and I saw all of you. And he showed me all these beautiful gifts that you carry. They're amazing. They're tremendous. They're awe-inspiring. They're powerful. They're they're big. You guys have big gifts on your life. And then I saw all these assignments that God had for you. And he was excited, like a dad. Like, yes, we get to do this. And we get to do this. And it's going to be amazing. And But I saw them all. On a shelf and they were just like dormant yeah they were just dormant but I have good news for you Um, because we as a house have said yes to the Lord I, I saw the Lord awakening these gifts in you I saw the Lord awakening these assignments in you And we will co-labor with the Lord to give every person the opportunity to pursue what the things God has called you to do. Your specific assignments. So we've said yes to giving this city a healthy prophetic community. We've said yes to the vision that God gave us where we actually contribute. This so lines up with what um, just happened spontaneously with what Caleb was talking about. Even how what Gigi was singing about, how we see God, that, that there's a shift of perspective happening. So there's a shift right now happening in this room of how you see yourself. What has God spoken over you? Do you actually believe it? Some of us don't need another word. We need to believe the last word that he gave us. So we have to be willing to see ourselves how God sees us. It is a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't know if Paul struggled with that with what was prophesied over him. I just know he said yes. And look what happened. So you bet I asked for confirmation because I said yes to all of this. (laughs) And um, he, but he answers every time. So I just, I want to encourage you with this. Prophecy is more than just giving words. So I want to ask, well, we, I had to ask myself, will we be, will we be a house that just loves prophecy Or will we be a prophetic community that calls out destinies over individuals and cities? That's what I want. And it's about being part of the process. It takes wisdom, creativity, and to learn how to mobilize what has been prophesied over us. We have to be able to mobilize that we can actually be solutionaries to help be of service to our city. Like Caleb was talking about, not being apathetic. We carry solutions for this city. Will we we do that? Will we build value for what we do? Will we build value for who God says we are? And not just give words. It's about mobilization. So what I want to leave you with is a couple of quick things. Prophecy isn't a buzzword or a personality type. It's a gift. It's God's dream in Acts 2.17 that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and all sons and daughters say All all sons and daughters would prophesy. So there isn't one superstar. Okay? Everyone has the ability to prophesy. And a healthy prophetic community stays in community with the protocols and stru- structures that serve the vision of this house. So in order for us to serve the vision of this house, that is there's value in the community, what we're building here. If we want um, to be healthy, it requires community. So... What I love about community, it calls forth things just like Paul and Gideon. It calls forth destiny um, and assignments on our life. I'm going to tell you what a prophetic community isn't. It isn't a bless me club. Okay? It's not just so we can feel blessed. It's to call out the treasures and treat people according to their potential and not their behavior. We call out their potential not just address behavior. We call out potential. It isn't exclusive with one rock star, as I said before, because honestly, we only, the word says we see in part and we prophesy in part. So every single one of you have a part in the kingdom and it's for everyone. And it gives us a whole picture. It's not just for leaders, (laughs) right? It's for everyone. It's not to call out sin, We don't handle prophetically what needs to be handled relationally. That's done in relationship. So I'm just drawing a line in the sand of where we stand. It's not to gain identity. You don't prophesy. Listen, I've done all this. Okay? I've made mistakes, but I've learned. That's not healthy. So I'm not throwing stones at anyone. There's no shame in my game. I have done every single one of these things, but I have learned. That's not so healthy. So I have prophesied for identity. I'm going to stand here and tell you that. But we don't do that because it's from identity, not for it. That's why you need to know how heaven sees you. What do you see? That's so important, guys. So there's an awakening and an availing coming upon us, and it's happening through the prophetic. You knowing how heaven sees you and owning it advances the kingdom. Okay? So you have to own your assignment. You have to own it. So let me close with this. Um, Vacaville has a prophetic company. And they um, are advancers. They're the forerunners. They're finding missing children, guys, with their prophetic team. Who would like to, I mean, come on. Wouldn't we want to see that in Tampa? Why can't we, right? If they're doing it, it's the same Holy Spirit. They're breaking up sex trafficking rings. Why can't we? What do you see? Can you pull up the vision of the house, guys, on the slides? And I'm not going to read the whole thing. Isn't it funny, you know, that God gave me this word? Um, What do you see? (laughs) look what it says, we see. I did not plan that. Let's just take this one for example. We see the righteousness of God becoming attractive again as it was in the days of Jesus. Can we personalize this? I, I am the righteousness of God and I am attractive just like in the days of Jesus. Okay? We see a people so in love with their journey in God that others beg to join them on the way. Come on. I am so in love with God that others beg to join me on my way. Come on. We see thousands coming to the Lord every week in the Tampa Bay region. You're a part of that. You're a part of that. So um, it says, we see a fruitful, if you scroll down, we see a fruitful people filled with passionate love, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, you are a fruitful person with passionate love, joy that overflows. I'm not going to read the whole thing. What do you see? I'm just going to ask you that. What do you see? Where do you see yourself in this vision? So I'm going to close. I want to get a couple next steps. I want, I want to encourage you to go on the website, trptampa.com, and look at that and, and ask yourself, where, where do I see myself in that? Are you you a fruitful person? Yes, you are. God created you to be fruitful. I'm a fruitful person filled with passionate love that overflows. Heaven sees you and knows you. He sees you. He knows you. What do you see? Okay? What do you see? You're not going to be... I'm telling you, if you come here long enough, you are not going to be able to see anything less than how heaven sees you. If I have anything to do with it. (laughs) So here's some next steps. We have all kinds of opportunities to grow in the prophetic. We have community collectives. We have prophetic serve teams. Just come see me afterwards if you need any information about that. But we've created a safe place to practice hearing the voice of God through our groups that meet during the week. That's a way. So if you want a safe place to practice hearing the voice of God, we have that. If you want to get to the next level in your prophetic Um, this is why we have, we just finished classes building a prophetic culture and we're going to have more, um, who would like more of those classes? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we have a prophetic serve team on Sundays. So those are ones that come up and if you've ever who's encountered the prophetic serve team, raise your hand. Hi, come on. I know lots of you have come on Arnie. I know you have, (laughs) yeah, they're the ones coming around, encouraging, strengthening, um, all of us. So if you're interested in any of those things, you can come see me or go to trptampa.com. So I'm just going to leave you with that. What do you see? What do you see? Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out the place, tampa.com.